Shoot. Well done. It was a pretty good cue this time, brother. And we're coming to you live from Roseburg, Oregon on Turkey Day morning. Happy Thanksgiving to my co-host. Shoop, are you there, brother? Oh, you better believe I'm here. And if you want proof. <laughs> I want to shoot, baby. Oh, I well, happy Thanksgiving to you, my brother. And if you look, astute observers will notice there's a third party joining us today. What you got for him, Shoop Dog? You know, I've got the traditional welcome music for our man, Iza. All queued up and ready to go. Yeah. What's up, boys? How we doing? Happy Thanksgiving to you guys and your families. Iza, it's good to have you. It's been a little bit since we've had you back. How's life been going? Good, man. Busy as hell as life is for us adults, but uh, it's been mm -hmm. great. Yeah, take it. Excited for today. Sweet. Well, it's Thanksgiving morning. We're recording episode 44 of The Nuts, starring Pet Shop Betty and Shoop Dog and sometimes special guests. Um, Shoop, it's our first ever holiday recording. Why don't we start off with a joke? You heard a good one recently? Yeah, so this guy goes into a bar, you know, as guys do, and he asks for a gin and tonic. Bartender hands him an apple. Guy goes, what is this, snack time? I want a drink. And the bartender says, trust me, just take a bite. So the guy takes a bite of the apple. Wouldn't you believe it? Tastes like Hendrix gin. The bartender goes, now turn it around. Guy takes a bite. Tastes like tonic. Holy shit, a gin and tonic apple. And, uh, you know, he continues to enjoy the apple, and all of a sudden another guy walks, and he goes, bartender, I'll take a rum and coke. So the bartender gives him an apple, right? Guy's like, what yes. the hell are you doing, man? I asked for a cocktail, you give me an apple? Bartender goes, trust me. And the other guy eating the other apple goes, just trust him, take a bite of the apple. So he bites in, and it's Captain Morgan rum. The guy can't believe his... You know, what in the world's going on? This apple tastes like rum. The bartender goes, now turn it around. Wow, Coca-Cola. He's got a rum and Coke apple. So some more time goes by, and the third patron walks in, and there's two guys at the bar eating apples, laughing their ass off. And the guy's like, what's going on here? And, and the, the first couple guys go, order anything you like, man. This, this bartender's amazing. He's got these magic apples. The guy goes, oh, yeah, sure, I'll play along. Hey, bartender, how about some pussy? So the bartender hands him an apple. <laughs> the guy goes, oh, yeah, takes a bite, spits it out and goes, oh, my God, this tastes like shit. The bartender goes, turn it around. <laughs> well, happy Thanksgiving to everyone wow. out there. <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> Uh, we should probably just, I was going to follow up with a joke, but that one took 45 minutes. So we'll, um, just leave we'll it there. maybe book, we'll maybe bookend the episode with, uh, with a joke. But, uh, as I told you, Shoop Dog, I'm recording live from beautiful Roseburg and a beautiful being just walked in the room. He should come over and say hello quick. Come over here. Yeah. And, and I think you'll recognize this person and he's, and he's up for the day and ready to go. Get in here. There he is. That's the legend right there. there. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to it's the a, nuts. 
<laughs> Welcome to the nuts, he said. He can't hear you, of course, because I got my hairphones in. But that's Dave O, and I'm recording from his beautiful home in beautiful Roseburg. So we should get it started here before it, uh, before it's Thanksgiving dinner and we haven't gotten into our episode yet. It'll be Roseburg, Oregon. Oregon. Dave told me to say Oregon. All right, boys. Well, we'll get into a little bit of Thanksgiving stuff a little later today. Um, but why don't we start out with our 44th episode with 44 in sports. You guys do some research this week? Absolutely. Is it? Why don't you start off? Go ahead, Is. Uh, okay, I'll start with the low-hanging fruit, Mr. Hank Aaron. Right? The hammer. Legend. Hammer and Hank. Uh 25 years or so, 755 homers, Milwaukee and Atlanta. Just uh, completely pod worthy. Good work. Yep. Yep. Go ahead and then we'll come back around if you want. Shoot dog. I'd also, you know, you, you can't, you can't not mention Hank Aaron. 25 time all star, man. 25 time all star. It's unbelievable. But. One stat of his I don't think is talked about a lot is his career hits. 3,771 career hits. Yeah. I think like third all-time or something. Yeah, it's got it. that up. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Low-hanging fruit to attend to. Jim Brown. Uh, Jim Brown uh, out of the University of Syracuse and obviously the Cleveland Browns retired with 12,312 yards for the uh, – his entire career was with the uh, Cleveland Browns. Nine times you know, or eight times all, all pro. Um, all, all of our dads and granddads and stuff that enjoyed football remember the, the, the number 12-3-12. That was kind of the, um, the mark that Jim Brown set for all-time rushing yards, and that was, you know, so I mean I, re- I and mostly I remember it from my uncles and and Jim. Um, why am I blanking out? Chris Berman on ESPN. He used to say all the time that twelve three twelve was a special number to all those guys because that was the mark. And just quick, uh, Henry Aaron number three all time after Pete Rose and Ty Cobb. Go ahead, shoot. Nine seasons. Jim Brown only played nine seasons, which yeah. Well above the NFL average, but for a great like Jim Brown, nine seems, I don't know. Um, Low, for sure. Yeah, but um, obviously he's done a lot outside of football. Um, And I'm sorry, I don't know if Jim Brown or Hank Aaron are still with us. I'm going to check that out real quick. Yeah, go ahead and look that up. You got another 44 is? Yeah, uh, sticking with baseball, how about Reggie Jackson? Um, dude, you know, he, he gets a lot of credit. Um, if you look at his stats, actually not a great regular season player, but he showed up when it mattered. Came up in the playoffs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's crazy. The dude could smack the ball. He played, played for a long time as well. And, uh, well, I have, that's a great one. Absolute total pod worthy is good work. Good research. I, if people are new to the pod, I focus on the Phillies uh, the Philadelphia teams, and I have kind of a smaller list. Uh, well, it's a list. But it's just not a, as impressive as Hank Aaron, Jim Brown, and she's um, why am I blanking out? Who you just said is Reggie uh, Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Um, so I, I'll start with the Phillies, only because he played for the '93 team that was so special to so many Philadelphia fans, 
outfielder Wes Chamberlain. Didn't have a great career, to be honest. Uh, only lasted six se- parts of six seasons, but he was a big part of that 93 Phillies team. I think he had a career best 13 home runs that year. Um, and then your boy, Shoop Dog, Jake Cave, last year's number 44 for the Phillies. Um, you know, there's actually some talk that, you know, he got some playing time towards the end of the season and in the in the postseason. And, um, but, you know, come on, Shoop, he's a nice dude. He, he threw a couple of balls to your to your boy Corbo, but came up small. I gotta tell you, uh, it's only just begun for Jake Cave. He'll be household before you know it. Terrific. Did you have <laughs> uh, an answer on your questions to see? I think Jim Brown's gone, and Hank Aaron might have just died. Interesting. What? Interestingly enough, Hank Aaron died on January twenty second of twenty one. Okay. Uh, January twenty second is my son's birthday. That's funny. I didn't realize. Mm. Uh, Hammer and Hank passed away that day. And then uh, Jim Brown died less than a year ago, May 23rd, yeah. uh, 23. I'm, actually, I think we might have referenced him <clears throat> during one of our pods as, as passing away that week. But that's okay. We move on. In terms of the Eagles, I only have Pete Retzlaff, who um, certainly is a name worthy of the pod, but didn't have an incredible career. He had a pretty decent career. Uh, as a, a tight end and receiver, um, never. I think he led the league in receptions one year. I didn't pay attention to what year that was, but he's sort of worthy. Um, in terms of the Sixers, I have Rick Mahorn and Derek Coleman from years past, who I go. I know you guys will recognize. Rick Mahorn was quintessential late '80s, early '90s haircut, high top fade. And uh, and then current Sixer Paul Reed, who's Embiid's backup, so not really that relevant. And then in terms of the Flyers, three Finlanders, three Finns popped out. As I know you know these names. I have Yanni Ninema, Yanni Pitkinen, and Kimo Timonen, all wore 44 for the Flyers. So not any name on their own pod worthy, but together I thought it was kind of interesting. You guys got anything else? Yeah, I got one. How about how about the logo, Jerry West? Yeah. Wow. Was he forty four? He was. Okay, good research. I I didn't see him, uh, and I thought we talked about him before, but I tr- I tr- I trust you. But yeah, so it's you have to have a pretty good career when the league makes a logo out of your <laughs> dribbling style. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go nice ahead, Shoop. One. I, Shoop. I got a couple more, but go ahead, Shoop. Well, the one that sticks out to me is not necessarily going to be a pod-worthy name and certainly not, uh, you know, to the likes of Hank Aaron, Reggie Jackson, Jerry West. But when I grew up, the fullback for the 49ers, number 44, Tom Rathman. Oh, dude, he's worthy for sure. I mean, because they were winning those Super Bowls and he was essentially what Roger Craig's lead man. So he's absolutely worthy. All right. Well, you know, Cornhusker fullback Tom Rathman, that guy, he he was notorious for these like one-handed catches, and my dad used to just love watching Rathman play. So when yeah, I one, when I first got sorry. my first year of football, I wore forty-four. Awesome. One year or um, one-handed catches that were a grand total of two and a half yards downfield, but then he would pull it in and then scamper for twelve more. Yeah, he was a stud. Yeah, sweet. And go ahead, is. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Tom Rathman, but also John Riggins, because as a Giants fan, both those fullbacks that the 
the Giants and 49ers had a few years in a row where they met in the playoffs in the late or late 80s. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure Riggins that, is a Hall of Famer, so that's Riggins, certainly yeah, worthy. Just crushed yeah. us as the as the Redskins uh, fullback, so legends. Um, Sweet. That I had uh, for the Seattle fans out there. What about Julio Rodriguez? I love that you in- include Seattle. I do a really bad job of implementing the Seattle part of this Philadelphia slash Seattle quasi podcast. And I always uh, forget my brethren here in my hometown of Seattle now. Um, so who was it? Julio Rodriguez. There's oh, uh, center fielder now. Current. current so yep, okay. He's, uh, you know, his crazy contract as the, the lines in it where he's top five in the MVP voting for so many years. He gets like an extra 200 million or something. You oh, know, I didn't that, know that. So that's awesome. His contract, you know, he, it was a max of like $470 million, but it's guaranteed 280, I think for okay. 12 years. If in between now and 2028, and don't quote me on all this, I might be off by a year or two. If he finishes in the top five in the MVP voting four times. So he's got five years to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he gets another two hundred plus million, and another five wow. years on the deal. So that's awesome. This year, he I think he's got a good number, chance. He's a he young finished stud. Number four this year. Yeah. So he's got he's checked Sweet. one of the boxes. So good job, good job throwing a bone to the to the Seattle fans listening to the pod. You guys got anybody else, or should we move on? I'm tapped. Go ahead. Let's move on. Sweet is nice research. Good job bringing up the uh, non. Philadelphia 44s. I appreciate that. Let's move on to our T dish for new listeners. T dish is stands for this day in sports history. I got a bit of a full slate. You guys, do you want to start or should I knock a couple out first? Go ahead. Start it off. All right. So first I have T dish 1943 Philly's owner, Bill Cox, who I thought was a relevant name to the pod today, uh, gets (laughs) In trouble, busted for gambling on his own fighting fills. So I just thought that just caught my mind because, you know, this pod also uh, centers, maybe not centers, but revolves around um, gambling. And we'll get into our worst bets a little bit later in the episode here. But, uh, you know, it's been going on in the Philadelphia area since at least 1943 and probably long before then. But dude bet on his own team. Uh, and I think he bet on them to win, but that's it's uh, murky as things were back in 1943. But Bill Cox busted for gambling on the fight in 1943. A few years later, T-Dish 1947, slinging Sammy Ball throws six touchdowns for the Redskins against the Cardinals. I bring that up because there's not many guys – currently you have gone over that there's a couple of sevens i think in in the league but that's it so six has stood the test of time as an incredible nfl feat since 1947 do you have that one is i did and i the part that jumped out at me is in 1947 the forward pass wasn't that new right right <laughs> like in the 40s no, it still was new wish, you're saying or it was new sorry it wasn't yeah wasn't that established right um, so uh Part of me thought maybe it just caught people by surprise. Part maybe Sammy Ball was that good. I don't know. Yeah, for many years the NFL was heavy, heavy run, 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 run. They might have, you know, ten or twelve passes per quarterback a game. So for this dude to throw six touchdowns in forty-seven, certainly a big feat. You got a T dish shoot? 
I do. This one is very recognizable to me. 1984, Doug Flutie throws for 472 yards against the U, including, including mm-hmm. what? Including the very what? famous Hail Mary. The, the most famous Hail Mary that I'm aware of and the first of which I was ever, you know, aware of. Um, you know, real quick, let me stop, let me stop you because on Tuesday I was watching PTI, one of my favorite all-time sports shows, and they do their turkeys of the year because it's their last day. They don't work yesterday. Um, but they also had um, – happy anniversary they do and it was on or about this day so it actually it actually happened today Shoop. you're right it was tea dish today but um they mentioned it too and so i'm just bringing this up because i saw the play three or four times as they're covering it i gotta say flutie chucked that effing thing man you watch that replay not only and he's a little guy he leans into that thing and he uncorks a bullet down the field and if you notice he sort of overthrows the pile and a dude catches it that was behind the pile that was trying to knock it down. So that's a great tea dish. Go ahead and speak more on it. Um, well, the the one thing I, I realized uh, or recognized when I watched that highlight is all the like uh, all the all the 1980s like belly shirt jerseys around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flutie being one of them. And yeah, I think he ripped it sixty yards or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flutie. Flutie's probably the biggest Kyler Murray and Bryce Young fan in the NFL right now. You know, these little quarterbacks just keep sticking around. I don't really have anything else to say about it. That's a great one. Uh, I also had that in nineteen eighty four. Uh, Is you want to throw one out there? How about in nineteen eighty eight? The great one gets number six hundred. Very good uh, inclusion on the pod. Also had that on my list, and we will reference that a little bit later in the pod, if you know what I mean. So great pull is. What else you guys got? I just had the one today. Okay. Is you got another one? There's a big one coming up but from 1989, but I'm pretty sure you're yes. on it, so I'll let you, I'm I'll on let you run with it. <laughs> I am on it. 1989 T-Dish Bounty Bowl, a game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Now, there's been, there has, I'll just a quick a quick recap. There had been bad blood between the Eagles and Cowboys, as there always is. Um, but specifically between these two head coaches, it was um, Jimmy Johnson and uh, Eagles legend. Uh, oh, my God. Why am I getting buddy, out on buddy Eagles Ryan. legend? Buddy Ryan. Um, and they had major bad blood. And I think, uh, buddy was upset that Jimmy Johnson ran up an earlier score. And so buddy just did. So buddy, buddy's known was known for like unconventional NFL coaching. He used to, he had been quoted of saying, I don't care if we go two and 14, as long as we beat the Cowboys every year. And that kind of, mentality sticks true with a lot of Eagles fans today. I'm not sure the best Eagles fans, because that's no kind of season to have. Um, But he said it and he meant it and he hated the Cowboys. And so that instilled in a lot of young Eagles fans that kind of hate. And this, and this game was a, um, was it a Monday night or was it a Thanksgiving day? It was a Thanksgiving day. It was a Thanksgiving day game. And I just have the two quotes in front of me from the post game because there was all kinds of um, injuries. 
mostly on the Cowboys' side. The Eagles were just running around like crazy. They ended up smashing the one and ten Cowboys, twenty-seven to zero. So the Eagles were a better team, um, but they just they just kicked their tails in. And at the end of the game, uh, Jimmy Johnson said, "I have absolutely no respect for the way they played the game." I would have said something to Buddy, but he wouldn't stand on the field long enough. He put his big, fat rear end into the dressing room. And um, so they, of course, go to Ryan, and they're asking him about the accusations and blah, blah, blah. And Buddy Ryan said, uh, hey, man, I resent what he said. I've been on a diet. I lost a couple pounds. I thought I was looking good. So, like, he just totally (laughs) doesn't even pay attention to, you know, he, he doesn't address the um the allegation or accusation of uh bounties going on but really what it's come down to is people people have leaked over the years that buddy said i want you to go out and hurt their players and jesse small um was known he he went after the kicker on a kickoff and he like pounded him into the ground and zendayas got hurt and buddy said i would have never done that he was in a slump we didn't want to hurt him we want to keep him kicking for the Cowboys. so there's been all kinds of stuff but it's an amazing uh story of lore from the uh, once again you know the heavy cowboys eagles rivalry it's just another chapter in our hatred of each other it is did you have anything to add that i've missed uh not to not to that no i uh yeah i got there's one been batteries thrown there's yeah. an all, yeah another yeah so i mean the eagles cowboys just hate each other uh, they play today we'll get into that game a little bit later um but go birds all right, is what's your next tea dish? Uh, this one jumped out at me for you, but uh, your boy Magnus Carlson in 2014 on this day defended, really... his, defended his World Chess Championship title. I am uh, really impressed you came up with that, Is. I thank you for throwing that out there. So what happens is he won it in 2013. And any time in chess championship, any time the, the champion loses his title, he gets an automatic rematch the the following year. So this is what that was. So Magnus beat Vishyananda, uh, Indian Grandmaster, in 2013 to win it. And then it, it just automatically turns right around in the very next calendar year they play again. Um, it's just sort of something that the chess people have done for decades, uh, maybe centuries even. Um, so he successfully defended his title against Vichy, the same player, the very next year and boy i gotta be honest i was nerding out both of those years because i followed magnus kind of coming up as a young kid a young chess prodigy and yes i watched that chess championship on either youtube or other streaming sites at the time um and they're like six seven hour matches so i'm totally nerdy dorky but good job biz (laughs) i appreciate you throwing that one out there you got anything else t dish that's all i got well, and that recaps me too, because I also had Flutie and the Bounty Bowl, and I had Magnus down too. Shoot, um, so good job. Well, that's our whole cards for the day. That wraps up forty-four in sports and tea dish, and it brings us to our flop, and it's essentially the NFL Week Eleven recap. So I hope you guys have some stories that you want to talk about. I've got the Eagles game, the big Monday night against the Chiefs, um, which was you know, an amazing game. And we'll get into that, but you guys have anything pop out at you from week 11? The Detroit lions continue to have an offense that can hang with pretty much anyone in a shootout. That's what impresses me about the lions. 
they're winning ugly, but it's high-scoring affairs. So the game they had against Chicago and the Chargers, two of their last three games, it's been over 35 points, and they're coming up winners. And I just uh, I just really didn't know that Detroit would be able to have that kind of firepower this year, and Goff is just – you know, him and uh, St. Brown had become one of the most dangerous combos in the NFL. So the Detroit Lions continue to impress me. And, Shoop, you got to give yourself more credit. You called that one of our record predictions uh, earlier this year. You uh, you said that they're going to shock the world and have over 10 wins, and they're damn near there already. And you're right. They keep winning. And as an Eagles fan, I got them in my rearview mirror, and I'm not happy that they keep winning. So – I'm a big Packers fan today, but we'll get into that in just a second. But you're right. No disrespect. Now, the one, you know, if someone was going to pick is, and this was said about my Eagles last year, who have they beaten, right? They Their, their eight wins are against really shitty, crappy NFL teams so far this year, other than week one, the Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, and you got to give them full credit for that win. But they've beaten up on a lot of shitty teams. But I tell you what, they they're playing good football, and they're eight and two, one game behind the Eagles in the NFC for the race of that all important one seed that gets the only buy of the year, right? Yeah, I I still don't really love that that one team gets the buy, but yeah, I'm, but, I'm a I like the two teams buy too as well. Oh, is there any games you? you want to talk about last week? Oh, my New York Giants got their third win of the year. We'll take that. Uh, Will you, though? <laughs> you know, um, it, it, was a, it was an interesting, I don't know. I think, I think it was kind of a weird week. I mean, you've got uh, the Brown. Who knows what's going on in Pittsburgh for your Steelers there, Shoop? You guys firing an offensive coordinator? Um, well, hold, hold you know, on. You're, you're, you're off topic. Sorry. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as an Eagles fan, when, when, we, when we have a shitty year and I know that we're not going to make the playoffs, right? That's always the first thing. Are, are we going to make the playoffs? You know, I just want to pack it in. I understand nobody wants to sit through a 2-14, and 2-15 and 15 season, but don't you have your eye on, the, on a draft pick at this point? Wouldn't you prefer to lose that game? No. Yes, I understand that. And Caleb Williams is out there. And- He's obviously the guy everyone's going to want. Maybe Bo Nix is yep. in the mix, too. Um, but I also, there's a few guys that are on their last year. Saquon's playing on the tag. We want right. we want him to want to stay, right? So we we want to see some movement forward. At least I do. Um, Fair point. I, I, I don't want him to have to leave to go. I think he's got to go, you know, that year five or swell to be year six for him, go chase the title somewhere already. Because running backs have such a short, lifespan in the NFL I don't want him to get that kind of mentality so I'd like to put a few things together and end the year kind of strong so that we get some guys seeing that hey we're we're going the right direction it's obviously a down year from last year but um all right we've tortured you enough about your Giants what else did you see I I think Baltimore's legit like yeah um they uh now obviously uh Joe Burrow went down last week but I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are legit. And I have, I've been kind of skeptical about Lamar Jackson over the years. Um, but knowing he's an athlete, kind of that Mike Vick mentality, but he's, he's shown some things out there, some, some growth. Uh, that, yeah, that he's slinging good. it. And, 
I got to be honest. I think I, I've seen him sling it for a few years now. There's still that stigmata on him that he's a better runner than a thrower. But man, he he stays in that pocket and he uncorks that thing. I I I uh, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan, fantasy wise, football wise, and dude wise. Everything I've seen um, of him, he seems like a really stand up dude. I'm a huge Lamar fan, and yeah, I got my eye on as an Eagles fan. I got my eye on the. Uh, on the Chiefs in that AFC, for sure. Go ahead, Shoop. Well, yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns played a typical AFC North game. But, you know, Pittsburgh's got the personnel. they got to put up more than 10 points in a game. Well, they took care of something, right? They fired their OC, as Izzy brought up. Go ahead and speak to that. Yeah, anytime you get a chance to get rid of anything with the word Canada is a good thing. (laughs) Shout out to my Canadian friends. Uh, I really have no reason to dislike the country or their their citizens, but I don't know. Canada, to me, just kind of seems like America light. Like, come on. Let's let's go on the tangent here. Let's go on a tangent. (laughs) So I really only have only one legitimate beef with with the majority you know we got to talk in stereotypes right because there's always exceptions to the rule so let's just stick with the stereotypes the one that i dislike is that they say sorry for everything and not the accent of the word sorry but like you know just standing in line and like i walk in the door and like one of you know when when i go over to timmy horton's and pick up some some donuts and oj in the morning right like i'll just walk in the door and one of them will be standing there and i'll go like oh sorry like dude you have every right to be standing there don't enough with the fake politeness like that and that's all it is and my one good canadian slash american friend is no different he's all he's mr politeness with everything like oh sorry oh sorry oh oh sorry like that's fake be real. You're not sorry. You're not sorry. Just stop being fake. They also say <laughs> about. out and about. Out and about. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with Matt Canada. I really don't. I know that he was dividing the locker room and the players were getting pissed off. Pickens was saying he wanted out. Najee Harris is complaining about touches. Uh, Deontay Johnson complaining about, you know, play calling. And I don't know. I mean, clearly, if, if they're bitching and they're averaging 29, 30 a game, so what? But that's not the case. So It's not happening. So, um, shoot, um, who do they have? Did you see who they have coming up? I mean, that's what it's going to – obviously, you, you got to give an, a new OC more than one game. But, you know, the proof is going to be in the pudding here. They're right in the thick of the playoff hunt. Um, so they have to be – they have to start playing better offense to hang with some teams in the AFC. Well, you made an interesting comment last week with uh, when we I believe it was last week. Um, you you said that you didn't think that any of the three wild cards in the AFC last week would be playoff teams at the end. And correct. I mean, if Pittsburgh's going to play like that, I don't see him hanging on. Right. That was my point. Like those three teams that were there were sort of there. Uh, as a 
you know, it's like a mid-season, well, benefit of the schedule kind of thing. But I don't see those teams holding on. This is the time in the NFL when teams start buckling up and running the football and stopping the run. And so these kind of creme to the creme, cream rises to the top, all those cliches, it's starting to happen here. We're getting into the end of November and December, and that's when teams need to play their best football. And we'll see. I hope the Steelers, I, I said many times, I got no venom for the Steelers. I hope they stick in a playoff race, but I, I don't playing that playing that way on the offensive side of the ball. I just don't see it happen. Something's got to change. Is? Um, I don't have much else. I mean, um, I'm, I'm still curious to see what who and what the Dolphins really are. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, seven and three, they finally beat a team with a 500 record last week. Yeah, right. It's their first win. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But, but barely. And it's a, a team that fired their coach already this year. So uh, <clears throat> other than that, when are the Chargers going to fire their coach? Um, he's kind of I, a bozo, isn't he? It's just, I mean, how many one score games can you lose in the last two or three years or whatever it is? Uh, well, that and his thir- attitude, like, oh, go ahead, Shoop. Yeah, the number is that they've lost 13. I understand what you're saying. You're saying how many times can this happen before they get rid of his ass? But the actual tally is 13, which, you know, that's obviously the difference of being in the postseason or not. The quarterback issue is is solid. I mean, there is no issue at quarterback. Justin Herbert's great. If I'm uh, picky about, if I'm a Chargers fan and I'm picky about the coach, I, it's more about his attitude in those post gamers than than anything because he could have come to that. And I, I know the coach isn't supposed to throw any players under the bus. I get it. But they had some opportunities to win that game. He put them in a position to win the game. And instead of saying something, you know, superficial like, hey, uh, when we're in position to win the game, we got to execute the plays, right? Like that's not throwing anybody under the bus. And instead of saying that, he was like this, he was like this dictator. Did you see that? He was like, okay, I'm going to call the plays. Okay. And you know, uh, you can stop asking that question. Okay. And when we do our, what we can do. Okay. Then it was like, it was like, dude, what do you, I don't, I don't What's his name? Something Staley. I think, is it Luke Staley? Brandon. No. Brandon Staley. Right. Is it? Brandon, Brandon Staley, right. Um, anyway, I just said that totally rubbed me the wrong way. And I think he's losing, you know, he's losing control of the team in the locker room. And I think he needs to go as well. So should we move on to the Eagles? Sure. So a highly rated television rated game, the Eagles Chiefs, it was a Super Bowl rematch. I much would have rather lost this game and won uh, last February's match, um, but c'est la vie. Uh, Eagles had were ten point uh, deficit, had a ten point deficit at half and came back and shut out the Chiefs in the second half. The whole mothership, ESPN, everybody in the world's talking about MVS dropping that ball, and blah blah blah. But remember, there was one forty five or so left. The Eagles had all three timeouts. They only, with a successful point after attempt, they would have only been down three points. I can't say that if MVS catches that ball, the Chiefs win. Certainly what you can say is that that's a go-ahead touchdown late in the game. But I have full confidence in 
uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles should be dropped out a bit. I think you're back. Um, I, again, you know, remember in the Super Bowl when they made that that penalty at the end of the um, game that essentially allowed the Chiefs to kill the clock and kick a game-winning field goal at no time in the clock? Everybody was saying, uh, I wonder if they would have not called that at least give the Eagles a chance to come down and tie it with a field goal. I would have liked to see, even with the Chiefs going over, I would have the same idea. I would have liked to see the Eagles put in that position. Obviously, they're eight and one, so a loss doesn't end our season. So I would have really relished a, uh, an opportunity for Hertz in the two-minute offense to go down the field. At least, you know, when if you get the ball to twenty-five, you need forty yards for about a fifty-one, fifty-two yarder. Uh, so anything over that is an easier or shorter field goal. I would have loved them to see that. But you got to give the Eagles credit. I'm sick and tired of saying that that game was lost because of MBS dropping the ball. The Eagles held them to zero points in the second half. They scored when they had to. Jalen Hurts continues to impress me. He's just a kind of a guy. I, actually, I think of Russell Wilson in, in in the Seahawks' heyday in 12 and 13 and 14 when they were winning games like crazy. He Russell just got done what you needed to get done to win the games, and I feel like that's hurts right now. And I, I I'm enjoying this ride. I think it's the greatest roster that has ever been put in front of me as an Eagles fan. And nine and one, let's go, baby. What do you guys yeah, got? I think it was the I think it was the second touchdown to make it seventeen fourteen, where it was a quarterback draw for about twelve yards. And uh, Kansas City was bringing some pressure, and that was like a huge third down because if they yep. hold a three there, um, you know, it's still it's still a completely different game. Yeah, point game, and um, that was the design run, and it was a beautiful play. I don't think Hertz got touched into the end. He zone. didn't get touched. You're right, and um, that was definitely something in the first half. I I was texting my Eagles buddies. That the for me it was clear the Eagles were getting out coached and outclassed in that first half, out coached because they were bringing pressure that the Eagles O line and backs were not able to pick up and they were not giving Hurts any time at all in the first half, and then secondarily when on the flip side when the Eagles were bringing pressure not only were they picking it up but when we did get into the backfield to to hurry or rush Mahomes, he made the plays that Hurts wasn't making the plays in the first half. There were certainly adjustments made at halftime, whether it's the coaching or the execution, but things changed. Now, I got to say, how come Kansas City didn't continue to pound Pacheco down our throat? He was crushing us in the first half, and they, okay, they made, the Eagles made a couple of stops on Pacheco in the second half, but they didn't pound it like they did in the first half. I thought that was the way to win the game, but thankfully they didn't do it. Yeah, no shit. And I ended up losing a big parlay because I had like under 39 passing attempts <laughs> Mahomes. And then I, he ended up yeah. with like 43 in the game or something like that. So, yeah, yeah I don't it was know. probably looking good at halftime, especially with Pacheco running. Though You're, you're thinking they're just going to pound Pacheco and hurt or uh, Mahomes is going to have about 33 attempts. That would have been nice. But is put the final cap on it. Uh, you know, I. I really hate the argument where it's it, going back to your MBS that they lose the game because he didn't because he dropped that ball. I I hate the argument. Did one team lose or did the other team win? I but yeah. but in this case, Kansas City lost that game because of two red zone turnovers. I, it's right. You you can't throw that pick and Kelsey can't fumble that ball. That's 
MVS was, I mean, that's a Hail Mary type attempt near the end of a game. Yeah, he's got to catch that ball, your NFL wide receiver, but also Pat Mahomes can't throw that one in the end zone, and, and Kelsey can't fumble that ball. And I agree with what you're saying. I'm not necessarily disagreeing, although it's going to sound like I'm disagreeing. There were two plays that the Eagles made. I mean, Bayard, a, a trade line, trade deadline acquisition, makes the pick in the end zone. Yeah, kind of a poorly thrown ball by Mahomes, but Bayard's there to make the play. And then certainly the punch out by Job, uh, or Brett, was it Roby? I, I forget. Roby. Um, yeah. So Roby, I mean, uh, Peanut Tillman's that thing, right? I mean, he clear. If you guys see the replay, it was like a boxer. He he's ready to tackle, and he comes back and he just punches that thing right on the ball. So, yeah, okay, Kelsey's got to hold on to it, but Roby made that play. Like, if I'm if I'm if that flips and it's Goddard or one of my receivers holding the ball and he gets a punched out, I'm not I'm not pissed at my Eagles guy. I'm going, that dude made a hell of a play. You know, because all those moving parts, guys try to punch the ball a lot. It's rare that they get it directly on the ball. I mean, he hit no part of Kelsey. He punched the ball perfectly. And so it's a good play by the D, man. Have you guys ever held a football and you're trying to gain yards and or prevent being tackled or fighting for yards? If somebody punches that ball directly, you ain't holding on to it. So I thought it was a great play by Roby. And so I'm just saying, I'm agreeing with your point. Like, there were plays made, especially in the second half, by the Eagles, and there were not plays made by the Chiefs. You know, I'm all for contact, but I, I, I'm i not sure that should be allowed, that the defensive players can full-on left hook a ball out. Like, I, I don't know about that. I'll tell you what, I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that point. Um I see where you're going because, like I just said, if if they get it correctly, I don't care who you are. You're not holding on that ball. I mean, unless they punch it into your body, right? Um, but if I don't miss, necessarily if have they a miss, problem with it. They're breaking their hand. <laughs> yeah, I, it is. It's there's a lot of moving parts. It is. It they did a great. It was Peanut Tillman, right, who kind of started that, yeah. visibly punching the ball. Uh, yeah. What'd you say, Shoot? Yeah, they call it the peanut punch. Yeah, um, and they did. I saw a little, maybe ten years ago, or maybe less. I saw a you know, fifteen twenty minute documentary on it. It is an absolute skill and an art. I would hate to see it remove Shoop. As I'm thinking about it here, I think, I think you just say, go for it because the defenseman is taking a risk at punching, not only hurting himself, like Iza said but you're not paying attention to actually wrapping up and tackling too, right? So if you if you don't execute that perfectly, you could be made to look like a fool and the dude's running past you. So I don't know. I, I think they should keep it in. Yeah, it just, I just I, you want to protect players a lot. And, you know, as an offensive player, you're, you're, you know, you're worried about not getting speared in the head. You're worried about all these other things. And most of the times it looks like they're preparing their body for contact when that ball is punched out. So I don't know, maybe, maybe offensive players need, need to just go down earlier when they see that they're like about something to, to be said for that, for sure. Yeah. They're going to be submerged or something like that, rather than to try to get extra yak, just hit the deck. Um, well, anyway. uh, you guys have anything else for the NFL? I had one more uh, quick 
or actually three more quick topics before we move on to the term, but they'll be quick. You guys any, got anything else, NFL? No, no. Go ahead. All right. Do you hear uh, it's not often we cover the English Premier League on the nuts, but did you guys hear the news this week? I have an adopted team of 23 years, uh, FC Everton, um, outside of Liverpool. And, okay, so just quickly, Everton is a very Philadelphia-like Premier League. I won't spend too much time on this, but they're, they've been around forever, and they're mostly underachievers. And so, yeah, go ahead, shoot. <laughs> so that sounds like Philadelphia to me, been around forever, mostly underachievers. And so I sort of adopted them. Anyway, long story short is they have a new stadium being built and it's to premiere next year, next season. So uh, essentially 10 months from now, um, they've been around forever. They almost got relegated two years in a row. It literally took them to the very last game, last game day, the last day of the season to stay in the top league. You know how shoot, you know how teams get relegated and promoted yeah. in the premier. Okay. So how embarrassing would it have been forever in a long time top flight English club to be promoted. Well, especially this coming year, this year that we're in, because if they get promoted or if they get relegated to the bottom league, then they open their billion dollar stadium in the shit championship league. Anyway, they've been playing a lot better. I know I'm losing you. The baby they birds? Were, they were docked. <laughs> yeah, they would go to the baby birds. They were docked 10 points out of the standings for something financially. I didn't even really look into it, but they reported the wrong earnings or they reported the wrong losses or something like that. And because of that financial, whether it's a mistake or, or a deception, they literally got docked 10 points in the standings. Now they're at the very bottom again. And I just don't think they can overcome this 10 point deficit. What do you guys have on Everton getting 10 docked 10 points? I mean that's odd. I didn't know that that could happen. Could even happen, right? It's weird. I wouldn't imagine that would happen to any other sporting, like I, you know, like college football. If you do something wrong, you don't get to go to a bowl game. I get that, but in a current season to take a team down based on front office shit, that that's weird. It, I mean, it's it, quite a punishment, but. That's exactly really my sense. point. And, and thank you for being more concise about it than I was. That would be like NFL is hard because they don't do the point system, but it would be like, well, the Eagles are nine and one, but Howie Roseman, uh, you know, lied about the salary cap. So they're actually, they're now five and five. Like what? You yeah. just don't change the standings like that, but they did. And we'll have to keep an eye on it. Uh, make sure you listen here for the nuts, for all your up-to-date <laughs> premier league stories, baby. <laughs> Hey, I saw some crazy. I saw some crazy soccer shit on Tuesday. Um, that fight in the stands between Brazil and uh, maybe Argentina. Yeah, it was it was uh, World Cup qualifying. I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This guy, uh, my buddy Abdo, he's a Kenyan guy. He loves soccer. He, uh, one of the TVs in the bar is a smart TV, so he's able to log into something and watch telemundo and yeah the bar was going ape shit because you saw these guys with nightsticks just beating on these fans and the fans were like breaking off the seats 
and throwing the seats at the at the guards. It was wild, man. That was scary. I almost wish fans in America cared about anything, really. Their family, whatever, as much as, you know, South American, European fans care about their football team, their soccer teams. It's just the passion is unbelievable, almost to a detriment sometimes. And you know what? We'll never we'll never hear about that again. But if that happened here, every one of those cops with the hitting somebody with a nightstick would be a, in court for three years. They'd be yeah. suspended without pay. Those guys probably got promoted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the yeah. NBA is off and running, and uh, I don't have a Racist whole lot on the cops. NBA. <laughs> I'm trying to steer us away from it. I know. I had to get a word in. Uh, We'll get back into the NBA as we get closer to Christmas here. I'm not sure we want to cover the in-season tournament and that silliness. Can you can you fucking explain it to me? I don't get it. I can explain it to a point, but there's certainly a, a, a fall off for me because I know they built in those first couple round robins into the schedule. But I have no idea once teams advance how they are. They must have to now add games to the schedule that won't count towards regular season. There's no other way that you can just seamlessly go like, oh, well. Uh, or the I mean, other teams that know, are out get more games added as consolation type games. Right. Like, you know, who knows? So, I, I, so I'm not exactly sure either. I know pretty much what everybody else knows. The first couple that were round robin were in, implemented into the 82 game schedule. They just also counted for the in season tournament, and then the winner of each group moves on, plus a couple of wild cards. And then those games are played in Vegas. I want to say, or maybe just the last two rounds are played in Vegas. But are those additional games? I think they are, but we'll have to wait and see. It's coming up in the next couple of weeks, so. Maybe we'll talk about it more as we get there since we need to know more about it. But, yeah, it is weird. I, I got to be honest, though, as a Sixers fan, when it was the in-season tournament, I, I was caring about it. <laughs> I, I was like, come on, I want to be undefeated in this round robin silly shit, but we weren't. We're out. I think we're already out. Hey, your Sixers got bounced in Minnesota last night. Yeah, so it was so it was the back end of a back-to-back, and no Joe. And it was also we played overtime two nights ago. So the, the, the front end of the back-to-back was an overtime game against Cleveland. Um, if only I knew that kind of stuff. When I got down here to Oregon, I did know. I'm being I'm being cheeky because when I got down here to Oregon, um, I realized that you could I could just pull my app up, my DraftKings app, and betting is legal from your house here. So I knew the Sixers Shit. were going to – we're going to lay an egg. So I got down on the Minnesota T-Wolves last night and cashed, baby. Hey, number one team in the West, Minnesota Timberwolves, by the way. They're number one in the West. I've never seen that. I love it. I hope they sustain it. I don't like Cat, but um, I, I I knew the the Sixers were going to lay an egg. They actually fought back better than I thought, but it was a double-digit win. It was, it was a pretty short thing. I wish I had maybe talked to you guys and – Gave you a better or worse bet for it, but I definitely cashed last night on the T-Wolves. And then how about them Flyers? Five, six in a row, something like that is. They're they're not even in a wild card spot. They're in one of the three division winner spots as of now. Of course, it's way early, but it's good to see them giving a shit and 
Tortorella's got them playing hard. And Carter Hart is still with us, and he just got back from injury. He's a hell of a goaltender. I'm excited about this Flyer squad. Yeah, man, they're playing. They're playing some team hockey. So, um, and and that's what we need. You know, that's if that team was going to do well this year, that's what we needed. So, absolutely. Um, no, no real stars. I mean, there's a couple nice pieces. Uh, a lot of teams out there would love to have Coots, but um, so, yeah, they're they're playing well. I like it. I yeah, I guess at this point, just to put a cap on, I hope they continue to play decent hockey so at least they're not complete dead sellers at the at the deadline right right that's kind of what i hope because i'd like to keep carter hart and coots and tk and you know so maybe we'll have to have the wolf on a little later uh i know hockey's not your bag shoot dog but i appreciate you hanging in when we bore you with some other uh, non-football stuff uh, but we'll, we'll we'll dip into hockey a little bit later in the year yeah i've had and a that- really hard time getting in, in excited about hockey this year like that's that's what i'm saying general. well you're also yeah and your boys play i mean is his boys plays hockey too so i, I don't know we'll, we'll talk more into it i know that a, a lot of the casual fans they don't even pay attention to hockey until literally the playoffs start we'll we'll talk more about hockey though as we get in and in fact we might be talking a little bit more about hockey right now as we move into our trivia shoop do you have anything that you want to play before we get into our trivia question today's uh episode and trivia is brought to you by hangry kids that's right hangry kids when you're so goddamn hungry you get angry you're hangry and there is a company that provides a beautiful kit with an assortment of snacks that will diffuse that bomb pretty good thank you shoot for that uh and you're right trivia is brought to us this week as most weeks by hangry kids go to hangrykids.com check out your care packages and snack packs for your loved ones uh i got two <laughs> trivia questions this week boys i'll start off with the hockey one since is brought up that night this date t dish 1988 wayne gretzky scored his 600th uh, goal. I wanted to know how many of the top 10 guys you guys can answer in terms of goals scored. So Gretzky scored his 600th T dish 1988. He ended up with 894. There's actually 20 dudes that have 600 or more goals, but I'm not going to get that deep into the, for this trivia, but there's a lot of big names on this top 10 list. And I wanted to say, and don't worry, I got football for a a backup question here. But I wanted to see how many of the top 10 all-time goal scorers you guys can say. And is, I know you're going to be a little bit better than this than Shoop, so I want to start with Shoop and see what Shoop can get out. Well, I have to self-report. I I looked at the list, so I can't can't guess because... Okay. When you brought up the fact that Gretzky had 600 on that day in sports history, I was curious where that stood. So I, I have a follow-up question about a stat I saw, but I'll let Izzy tackle this one. All right, sounds good. Oh. So lesson learned Lesson learned is don't look up stats that we talk about. <laughs> we have to have Stat Boy do that. 
All right, but that's fine because, Shoop, be honest. Look at that list, Shoop, and without saying a name, just looking at the top ten anyway, without saying a name to give away for one is, would you have gotten any of those guys? Just a yes uh, or no question. A yes, I would have or probably not. I I, could have, I think I could have probably pulled two out of that. Came up with two? Yeah. Okay, sweet. All right, Iz, yeah. give it a shot. Ooh. You got the top ten. You got number one is Wayne Gretzky. You got two through ten. I'll give you three wrong guesses and we'll end it. Go. <laughs> I'm done. Um, I actually won't be good at this. I I'm I'm gonna start with that. But Ovechkin's number two. Uh, Correct. Very good. I'm impressed that you know that he's got 827. Yeah. So he's 67 goals away from tying and or passing Wayne Gretzky. And he got I'm not sure he'll get there. This year. Yeah, I'm not sure he'll get there. Which I don't think he should. I think. I think I I wouldn't like it if if Ovi I love Ovi he's a hell of a player but I I like Gretzky having the all time list but go ahead so that's did, one and two you've got yep um, Brett Hall on that list Brett Hall is he's number five he's got seven forty one good job okay. uh, is Lemieux on that list he is not so that's okay. your first thing correct okay uh, I'll get there hold on. Um, Man, I'm, just, I'm give him I'm some sh- music, shoot. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, Lemieux, Lemieux was 11, by the way, so you're okay. not off that far. Uh, is Yaramir on that list? Yep, number okay. four. Okay, so you got one, two, and four, and five. Uh, we'll give you 10 more seconds. Yeah, sorry, I'm struggling. Uh, All right. Yeah, what yeah, about yeah. Mr. Hockey himself? Uh, Gordy Howe. Number three. Yeah. And, and then that. the Rocket, Marcel oh. Dion, number yeah. six. Phil Esposito, seven. Mike Gartner, which was the most surprising one. I knew he scored a shit ton of goals, but yeah. And then Mark Messier and Stevie Y. Who was the last one? So, Stevie Y. Uh, I was thinking the uh, I was thinking better off and instead of Stevie Y Sergey, and Messier, yeah. I was going to guess, but I didn't think he had that many. All right. And then here's another one, boys. I got um, Thanksgiving Day stats in front of me, and I had them all, but I, I'm, I'm just going to stick to two stats. Uh, as today is Thanksgiving and NFL comes on here in about 90 minutes or a little less than 90 minutes, I wanted to throw some trivia based on just Thanksgiving Day statistics. So start now with this. Who has the most passing yards on Thanksgiving? Now, before you guys start shooting out answers, obviously you guys know every year for the last 80 years or so, Detroit's played. Every year for the last 60 years or so, Dallas has played. So I'm going to give you that hint. And um, not all the answers are 100% that, but it's a heavy bear. um, It's a heavy lions and cowboys answer so passing yards on thanksgiving day who has it troy aikman tony Romo. Troy aikman good both on the list but interestingly romo is second at 2338 aikman is third at 2174 so you guys have missed number one uh-oh I lost his. Did I lose them both? 
Oh no! Are you guys there? I am. Eddie uh, froze. Okay. I thought you froze too. You haven't moved, but your eyes blinked a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I was trying. I was trying to see if I was. I don't know. Are you Pitch back up, with me, Eddie, Eddie? We lost you. Am I back now, though? Yeah, you're back. You're back. All right. Woo. I, I don't know how that's going to look on the pod, but uh, you guys it's, both missed number one. Who do you got? Which, uh, Scott Mitchell. No. That's quite a guess. Is that lefty for the Lions? But no, not Can't him. Can't be Staubach. Is it? No. 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 I thought you were correct, though. I'll, there's a hint. ST at the end of the name. When you said Staubach, I thought you were right. ST. Detroit That's... Lions still in the league. Oh, Matthew Stafford. Ah, damn. Matthew Ma Stafford. Wow. Matthew that Stafford, number one it. passer of uh, on Tur on Thanksgiving Day. How about rushing yards? Most rushing yards ever on Thanksgiving Day. Emmett. Emmett, top of the list. Good pull, shoot. 1178. Number two, three, four, and five. All huge names. Who's Barry got Sanders. number two? Barry Sanders is correct. Number two at 931 yards. Anybody else? Huge names. Uh, Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott, fourth on the list. So you're missing three and five. Izzy, your, your video has gone out. Hopefully you're still with me on this pod. I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, I just had one on the tip of my tongue. Herschel Walker? No. Incorrect. Tony Dorsett. Correct. Number three. So Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Tony Dorsett, Zeke Elliott. Number five is a non-lion or cowboy. Who you got? Ooh. Not Here's a hint. Here's a hint. Um, the Lions have played the Packers the most on Thanksgiving Day, but they have played the Bears the second most. That's a hint. Oh, sweetness. You got it. Walter Payton comes in fifth with 423 rushing yards on Thanksgiving Day. Is you still with us? I'm here. I Can see Izza fine. Okay. I, I have I have eyes on Izza. Yeah, I'm worried about this pod. Something happened there with a, at about with the one hour mark. And you guys just completely froze. And I'm hoping that I have all three. Here's the deal. And I'm going to say this during the pod. When we're done here, I'm going to hang up. You guys have to keep your app. You don't have to necessarily keep it active, but don't close it out. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Until Give me like 10 or 15 minutes. Just keep it running in the background. And I, that'll help me upload your guys's, um your stuff but we'll see we might have only an hour episode of all three of us i i hate how this happens but i don't know what else to do um okay well that's trivia that brings us to our river for the week which is worst bet updates and new worst bets i will give a quick update on the worst bets ak still ahead he did bet this week on the, so he heard our he heard us calling him out shoop 
we I think we called him a few not so nice names because he had only a bet or two or three. He he goes, I had three bets this year, and he's all upset. And you know, of course, his one big win was five hundred dollars on the Diamondbacks to beat the Phillies. Um, so he said, "All right, I'm going to bet. Wait, do you see? I'm going to go crazy." Well, then he put in one bet. It was the uh, Chiefs money line this this week on Monday night. So he lost that. So he's at, he's still winning at 548, 45 units. Pet Shop's still second at 200 units. Shoop, you had a good week last week. You let me click back here. You had a, a net one plus one thirty five pod units last week. So you're up to one ninety six fifty. And is it you are last? You're dead last. You got minus one hundred forty five pod units. You are the worst gambler I've ever laid eyes on. Fair enough. You want to tell people about your bar bet? You you've gotten your money halfway back or whatever. Uh, fully back. So uh, the kangaroo and kiwi are our watering hole for many years. Uh, there's 35 of us that are in a, a pool. You pick every game every week against the spread. It's 200, 200 bucks a year, 200 real dollars. Uh, I hope I can talk about that. Uh, you win the week picking games against the spread. You get 100 bucks back. Uh, last week, I won my second week, went 11 and 3 against the spread. Wow! Uh, so he's That's... he's got his money back, and he's in the running for the best in the year, and you get like eighteen hundred bucks or something. So <laughs> nice work is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that didn't translate over to my real dollars at the local Indian casino. Yes. Uh, where apparently I bet on those three that I lost at the pub. So. <laughs> <laughs> where. Had uh, a boy. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, we're, who wants okay. to go first? Let's get new some worst bets for this week. Uh, mine actually just revolves around today's games. I I did some research on my on my gambling sheet and my data spreadsheet. And uh, hey, by the way, Stat Boy's sitting with us now. So shout out to Stat Boy. Hey, what's yo. up, man? Yo, Stat Boy. Yo, yo, they are they're all saying he just gave you a, what's up. But um, so I I'm gonna leave mine for last. But you guys have your worst bets. I'll get them down here. I have a triple Thanksgiving deluxe. I'm taking all three underdogs today. So I've got okay. the Packers, Packers plus eight and a half, Commanders plus 13, and the Sea Chickens plus seven, even though they're a home super dog, which you, you tend to like. I do. Um, they're not a home super dog. I think they're plus seven. I think I have super dog at eight or more. But um, – what do you? What kind of units you doing for the for all three dogs? Are you doing uh, I'm a doing, three leg parlay together? What are you doing here? Well, I'm gonna do three. I'm gonna do four bets out of those three games. So they're all thirty unit bets individually, okay. and then I'm gonna box them for for shits and gigs for a three legger. Yeah. Okay. Is so. No joke. I like the opposite of what Shoop likes. And I like, Imagine that. I like all three favorites. Um, okay. I really do. I think Detroit looks really good. I think Dallas rolls the commanders and I, I 49ers are good. So I was going to, I'm going to put 50 units each on a favorite. 50 pod okay. units. But then I also on Sunday, I love Jacksonville minus one and a half at Houston. Uh, this should be a really good game. Yeah, so let's put let's 
put a hundred pod units on Jacksonville. All right. So on your on your three favorites in the Thanksgiving Day game, um, do you want you, you fifty said, pod units each? But that's just three three singles. Three separate bets. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I did some research on uh, home dogs, super dogs, all that kind of stuff. And I came up with this. I like a combination of what you guys are talking about. I love the cow kids to cover. Now, I had minus 13 and a half. So I'll. I'll um, That's what I see. Next week. Yeah. Next week when we're when we're um, tallying up, when I tally up, I, I just use the same source all the time. And and I use like what it went off at. So sometimes that might be a point or a half point difference. Um, but if it ever gets to the point where it's different than my sheet that I wrote down during the podcast, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Meaning if you have a team that's plus uh, seven and a half, and then by the time I look, it says plus seven, and they actually uh, you know lost by seven, I'll give you the hook for the win. But anyhow... I like the Cowboys minus 13 and a half today parlayed with the Seahawks money line. And that actually pay, pays plus 565. So I'm going to go ahead and put 100 units on a Cowboys cover and Seahawks outright. And that's my best bet or worst bet of the week. Um, I, uh, let me back it up quick. What I was looking at, um, so the commanders are in a way super dog, right? So they are uh, they are plus eight point underdogs or more on the road, and on the year only six out of twenty covers have hit. So I love that uh, trend to continue. I love the Cowboys to roll, especially late. Um, in fact, I I also I'm not going to do this on pod units, but I love a late. Cowboys defensive anytime touchdown. I might get down on that in real life. Um, so I'd like to parlay that with the only home dog of the day, the Seahawks. The Seahawks are a home dog and switching the home dog records 37 and a half time a percent of the time the home dog covers and I'm sorry, a wins outright. And 45% of the time they cover. So those numbers are under 50%. I get it. But I think the Seahawks need to get right. I think they, you know, they blew one against the Rams last week. They're at home. The Niners, while playing well, are on the road on a short week, prime time. I think Purdy comes up small tonight, and I see the Seahawks winning that game. So that's explaining my bets. We'll see what happens. Good luck. Uh, bet responsibly, of course. Now, let me get back to my show list. That brings us to showdown, really. And while I had a quick Netflix uh, nutty reco, did you guys really, I haven't even seen it yet. So uh, um, I wanted to talk about the Barry. Did you guys see the Barry Sanders documentary that's coming out? I watched the preview last night. It looks really good. Bye-bye, Barry. I think it's on Prime. Agreed. I think it's prime too because I think it was being um, uh, it was being uh, advertised on the Thursday night game that I was watching. So bye bye Barry, watch for it on Amazon Prime. It's going to be great. And really, what they focus on not only how great he was and amazing, what kind of a running back he was, but that he retired so so abruptly 
and essentially so young. He was still only 30 or 31, maybe. Um, and while that is on the back end of, 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 of running backs ages these days, you know, back then they played to 34, 35, 36, even. So um, something certainly happened. And I'm really eager to watch that nutty neck for recommendation but really what i wanted to do today for showdown i didn't want to have any suck outs today unless you guys have one burning in your pocket i wanted to talk about thanksgiving since it is our thanksgiving day uh podcast and i don't know i just wanted to hear maybe if you guys had a couple of traditions that you love with your family and certainly i want to get your take on the best dish uh for thanksgiving table and the worst dish or a Thanksgiving table is if you're still with us, I haven't seen you in about 45 minutes, but if you're still with us, why don't you start us off? I'm still here. Shoot. Do you see me? Okay. I see you. Yeah. Mm. Huh. Um, so I like all one. I like all the dishes, but I don't like like yams <laughs> and sweet potato. I don't. I really, I don't like, I don't like sweet potato fries. I don't like, I don't like any of that. So keep that away from my plate. Um, but I'm all in for the stuffing, the green bean casserole. Holy shit, that stuff's good. Um, my wife will make these amazing, like, bourbon-glazed carrots or something. Uh, really good. Got to give her give her some props. Yeah, but more importantly, those. I need the canned cranberry jelly sauce. Wow. I don't want the stuff with the chunks of cranberry in it. I want the jelly. So is his best dish is my worst dish. I have had three forkfuls of cranberry sauce in my life, and every time I've regretted it, I could go through a whole day of Thanksgiving, a whole month of November, and the whole year of 2023 with never having cranberry sauce on my fork or on my plate. Shoop, where do you come? The can of cranberries is disgusting. See, it's but, you're outnumbered. But hang on, the can is disgusting. But I I do like cranberries. And yesterday I had the greatest cranberry dish I've ever had. My uh, my lovely fiance D, her mother made a cranberry dish where you take cranberries and an entire orange and somehow like throw it in a food processor and it minces it up and comes out as a relish. It was incredible. I'm skeptical because it's your Deonce and you can't say yes. anything bad about your Deonce or Deonce's family's cooking. And so you're just saying that was the best dish you ever had, but I'm going to give it a couple years and we're going to circle back and we're going to see if that still was the best <laughs> dish you ever had in your life. Well, I was being specific to the cranberry. Okay. I, I believe it's good because my wife, for like mid-October through Christmas on our pot, in the pot upstairs on the stove, she'll have this thing of cranberries and orange peels and she just yeah. and some water. But it just simmers and it smells up the whole house and it does smell delicious, Those that combo. Yeah, it, it was – I was amazed. I was amazed. Um, Go ahead, Shoop. Best and worst. Best is tough. I got to say mashed potatoes and gravy are the best. Mm -hmm. It just – you can't fail with – like legit buttery potatoes with gravy. It just kind of ties the entire meal together. Um, my Deonce is vegetarian. And yesterday I had Oof. tofu <laughs> turkey Oof. 
And uh, I, I just admire her dedication to the craft. There you go. Because That's the way to I say it. I, I, I admire her dedication. Is that Tofurky or something? Yeah, yes. Tofurky. I, I can't believe oh. that somebody makes money off of that. So my worst is, like I talked about already, cranberry sauce or whatever you call it. And then my best has to be, I mean, there are so many. I'm with Iz. There, I, I, you know, I could eat Thanksgiving every day of the week. But my mom's uh, sausage stuffing oh. is bomb. Now, I got to call her out a little bit. Last year, she must have been hung over when she made it or something. Because last year <laughs> was at the bottom of the list of all. Now, even the bottom of her list is still, like, terrific sausage stuffing. But it was definitely her 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 worst effort. So I'm calling her out. I'm not sure if she's in earshot right now or not. But she usually hits it out of the ballpark. Last year, she drew an eight-pitch walk. Okay, so still a great at-bat. But usually, it's a game-winner, ninth-inning walk-off salami. And that's what I'm looking forward to most. But everything else... I mean, there are so many dishes that are just out of this world. I'm with you, Shoop, on the mashed potatoes. Of course, I'm a big bird guy, too, as we all know. And I usually hit the carcass after it's been carved for all the good bits that were left on the bird. Wait. Go ahead. Can you, can you tell your story of picking the carcass? Uh, I'm pretty sure Dave's um, promised me this year that he's not going to throw the carcass out. Even though I've asked four times, um, I'm not going to have to go trash diving to get to my carcass. But I'm looking forward to bird picking and sausage and potatoes. And is I'm, have you ever had my sister's sweet potatoes? They're like candy. Yeah, it's like eating I, a candy bar. About it, I don't like. I don't like. But hey, mm -hmm. so let's go back to the mashed potatoes for a second. Do you like create yeah. your little divot in the middle, put some butter in there, cover it up so it all melts? I got to be honest, I used to hit the butter all the time, and I still love butter. I butter my toe, everything. It's not like I'm all of a sudden Mr. Healthy. But I don't dig the butter anymore. I, I either go for a little dash of grave or I I get a corn or some sort of corn dish and mix that all into the mashed potatoes and just and go for that. I make, think the butter anymore makes it a little too sweet for me. I don't make know. your own little KFC magic bowl Fuck yeah. Fuck on your yeah. plate. <laughs> So good. I'm a, I'm a divot butter gravy guy, though. Is that is the way to do? You create a create a you create a right crater. in the middle. Yeah. And are we all looking forward to just you know hitting the couch afterwards and letting the trip the fan hit in and maybe falling asleep during the first quarter of that Niners game? So I'll, let me let me talk about. So we go to my wife's cousin's house, and none of them are listening. Uh, to this so i can i can do this but and they're great people oh, i love them it's gonna be them. out on the air i love them and there's about okay there's about no suck 30 outs. it's not a suck out eh, it's not really a suck out there's like 30 or 40 people there and there's people in the garage taking shots of stuff there's people outside by a fire pit it's, a, it's fun um yeah but they don't have cable now I hope this year's a little different because the Seahawks game will actually be on. But when the Thursday yeah. night game was like only on NFL Network, that when they added the third game, it, right, right, right. It's been a few years now. Yeah, couldn't watch it. And oh, uh, that's I'm a hoping major this year's violation. A little different, but yeah. 
and we need to talk about that because we're not just being crass cavemen jockheads, right? Like football is a part of Thanksgiving. First of all, one of the reasons we always list that we love football above the other sports is because of its marriage with the holidays, not only Christmas, not only Halloween, but Thanksgiving. They play three, two, three games on Thanksgiving. It is part of Thanksgiving. It is part of the tradition. So I think you would have been completely in line is with either, you know, the day before or the week before or whatever, setting up, hey, if you can't get that 530 game, then I'm out or I'm at the bar around the corner and like, let's organize something. I mean, that's not out of line is you got to get your football in on Thanksgiving, dude. So I'm not going to lie. A couple years ago, after we ate, I had some stomach distress. Yes, this, stomach at, distress. At this house, the one main bathroom is like in the hallway that everybody walked through. There's a bathroom downstairs, like by the bedrooms and stuff, but that's not usable. Oh, I thought, I thought you were going right? in a different direction. I thought you were going in a different direction, but go ahead. Finish what you're so saying. So I left uh, to go to my in-laws to use the bathroom because I didn't want to tie up this one bathroom with 30 people in the house. Yeah. And then obviously walk out and everyone goes, oh, what the hell just happened in there? So yeah, what died in there? I left to go to my in-laws house, which is like three blocks away. And I did sit down and watch some TV while I was there. So I thought you were just saying, you know, game time's creeping up on the watch and you go, oh, I got stomach distress. It might be time to go home. No, I just took a one hour shit three blocks away. Ah, there you go. Well, all, right, all well, three games, all three games are network games today, so that won't be an issue. Sweet. Tomorrow oh, is it? at two o'clock, prime. All oh, right, the prime day, and yeah, it probably makes sense. Well, certainly, yeah, you're right. Is I think they'll have the Seahawks game, so tonight yeah. you'll probably escape NBC. Yeah, perfect. All right, sweet. Well, uh, that wraps up our first ever Thanksgiving Day slash holiday recording. I wish you guys and your family a very happy, wonderful day of giving thanks and of eating and of football and of family. No politics or religion. Membership. No, absolutely not. Um, I'm not going to finish the podcast with a joke, as I thought we started out with. Um, There are too many sensitive ears around, and I'll just keep it for next time. But I wanted to thank both of you guys for joining. I honestly, I hope that I'm not just talking by myself here, which has happened in the past uh, when the recording. So once again, keep your apps active and we can see if we can upload your audio and video to uh, the server. But shoot is give your last word here on episode 44 of the nuts on Thanksgiving day. Hey, I have a lot to be thankful for. And so uh, I work today. I celebrated yesterday with um, my son, my uh, Deontae and, and her, her parents um, and her stepbrother. We had a great time. I played Chinese checkers for the first time ever. That was a fun game. Nice. Chinese checkers, underrated. Look it up. Um, I don't know what else to say. This is my favorite holiday. It's family, food, football, naps. It's a day of indulgence. So happy Thanksgiving. And Eddie, you're in the greatest. You're in hallowed grounds for Thanksgiving. 
I absolutely am. In fact, I'm sitting at the table, Shoop, where back when you were um, enjoying adult beverages, we sat and got way too drunk in someone else's house and not only texted, but called and left messages for TP. Yeah, literally at the table that <laughs> happened at. So uh, we'll be thinking of you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Is a final word. And look, Stat Boy's here. Hey, Stat Boy. Uh, Any D in the house. Yeah, you know, I, I got a lot to be thankful for, and I'll share that with uh, those people later. But uh, also thankful for you guys. Thanks for including me in this. And um, this, is, this is a lot of fun. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, cheers. Uh, is we've been doing a lot of early morning ones. So obviously – since you're a working man, way harder working than uh, Shoop and I combined, we haven't been able to enjoy uh, to include you. But when we can, you know you're always welcome. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. All right. All right, boys. Thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate you guys listening to our silly and stupid podcast. That, ra- that wraps it up for 44. Oh, and we'll end with Shoop's perfectly queued up version of Adam Sandler's. Thanks. I can't hear anything. We're just going to call it, Shoop. Love you guys. Adam Sandler. We'll see you next week, episode 45. I love you.